He has a nose for news and a face for radio. You're listening to Price's Highway, the podcast with your host, Steve Price. Buckle up, Spring Hill Metroplex, and enjoy the ride. Ho, ho, ho. Santa Claus is coming to town. I'll dial up the North Pole to talk to the big man himself. Meet some members of a local organization called Spring Hill Sparkles and see how they're making Christmas brighter for many folks in our area. Find out some of the strangest gifts your friends and neighbors have ever received. And if that wasn't a gigantic enough show for you, I sit down with Spring Hill Mayor Rick Graham to learn more about him not only as a politician, but as a person. Plus, learn about a new way of getting in and out of Spring Hill's most popular shopping destination. All right, giddy up. Let's do this thing. You're listening to Price's Highway presented by Price Sells Homes. Don't think twice. Call Carrie Price at 615-497-3317. That's 615-497-3317. Now back to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Well, since my voice guys in Florida enjoying the warmer weather, I want to introduce you to a new sponsor to the big show. As you know, Price's Highway, the podcast, is presented by Price Sells Homes, and it still is. But now it is being powered and produced by in-house digital media, helping you elevate, educate, and expand your brand. Full disclosure, it's my company. So go to the website, inhousedigitalmedia.com, after the show, and see if there's a way I can help you and your team do something bold. Okay, now that that's out of the way, welcome to another episode of Price's Highway, the podcast. We've got a big, big, big show for you today, so let's get right to it. It's the holidays, and that means gifts are being purchased and wrapped, and hopefully, if you're lucky, you may even get one or two. But have you ever received a gift so strange that you still remember it to this day? That's the question I asked on the Prices Highway Facebook group, and here are some of the comments. Okay, some of the strangest gifts some of your friends and neighbors and who knows, maybe even some of your family members have received. Here we go. All right, Katrina received some squirrel underpants. Mary got a used coffee cup from her ex-mother-in-law. Reagan got a Chucky doll. You know, nothing says happy holidays quite like a killer doll. And Christy apparently got an old used teddy bear from her former boyfriend in eighth grade. She writes... Fur was extremely worn and eyes were scratched up quite a bit. He wasn't supposed to have a girlfriend per his parents' rules, so I'm pretty sure he snagged whatever was around the house. I opened my locker to get some books. He ran by and threw the bear in my locker and just kept running. That night, I went to a friend's sleepover, and one of my friends was like, Christy, do you think that's used, maybe? And then there was a gift so strange, I just had to dial up the person who left the comment. All right, we have Shauna on the line. She had the strangest gift I think I've ever seen. Shauna, what <laughs> is that thing that you put on my Facebook group? So it's this doll. And this doll is, is uh, sun-baked on the front and not on the back. It spent a lot of time laying in the sun. And it has um, my little brother's hair glued to it and trimmed in a mullet fashion. <laughs> this thing is incredible. And if you're listening to this and you're not on my Facebook group, get on there right now. It's it's in the show notes. Click the link. You've got to see this. Shauna, tell us more about this. So my family is so special. Um, and my Uncle Chris is the, the most special of them all. 
He has a very weird, weird sense of humor. What's his name again? <laughs> Uncle who? His name Chris. Uncle Chris. Yes. All right. And um, and it, to make this more weird, Chris is an elected official. Okay. In Texas. Yes. So people vote for him to have his job, and then he's he does weird things like this. So um, when I was, I think I was like seven or eight. And I just remember that we lived in Montana. So that's how I know I was around that age. Um, I got a piece of mail from my uncle and I opened it and it was the, his beard trimmings. He shaved his beard and he said that my Ken dolls needed armpit hair. So he sent it to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, because uh, <laughs> whose uncle doesn't do that? <laughs> None of my other uncles are this are it was oh gosh I can't even he's so weird so I and I you don't forget that no. you don't forget opening an envelope full of hair no. um and so and I never used it I never glued it to my Kindle <laughs> I was gonna ask do you have pictures of that no. um oh gosh I don't know if I do probably not it was a really long time ago um but yeah you don't forget that so finally like you I don't how do you pay somebody back for that I'm not really sure um and then my brother graduated from independence in 2017 I think and I mean he graduated we recreated a a photo of him and a cat it was a thing and then he asked me to shave his head and I was like okay never seen you with short hair so I buzzed it and I was like oh this is my moment I'm gonna send it to Chris your moment to shine (laughs) this is my moment um, so I stuffed the envelope, put it in the mail, and I waited a couple of days. And, and I asked him, I was like, did you get my present? And he's like, no, but I'm scared. He never got that envelope of hair. It's just like floating out in <laughs> in the world somewhere, my brother's hair. It's the, and I, that makes me laugh just as hard because it's like, oh. Um, yeah, so then it was like, well, that failed. Dang it. Uh, and then it was like a year later, my brother's like, okay, my hair's driving crazy like buzz it again and I was like okay we'll try this again and uh sure enough three days later Chris got the hair (laughs) (laughs) and he sent a picture you know like oh I got it thanks a lot you're weird like I didn't start like I started it um and that was in it was like May or June I sent him the hair and he has a pond behind his house and there was this doll that had been washed up on the shore for a long time and he just never tossed it and so finally he it all clicked in his head that he was going to make me this doll with my brother's hair. Um, and so, so yeah, he got the hair in May, June and he made the doll and saved it for me until Christmas. So he was sharing pictures of the whole process, the gluing of the hair, the cutting of the hair, all this stuff with my mom and my other uncle. And I had no idea, but they kept talking about how I was going to get the greatest Christmas present ever. And I was like, okay and my uncle is my Vegas buddy which sounds weird but we have a great time together there and so I was like maybe he got me tickets to Vegas like I don't know you know I'm all excited yeah no I open a box got a trash bag in it I open the trash bag and it's like I couldn't even process what I was seeing and everybody else was already dying laughing it was so funny and so I pulled out this doll we all died for a long time (laughs) it got passed around and now it sits in my living room it's on full display you should put and it on my, Pinterest. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> People Why not? We're psychos. <laughs> oh my 
my god! It's the hottest gift of the season. Yeah, I mean, he he put a lot of thought into it. That was sweet. Washed up um, mullet, baby. Right, and so I keep asking my brother to trim his beard, um, and my brother has blonde hair on the top of his head, but his beard is red. And I'm like, will you please trim it so I can glue more hair on this doll in other places and gift it back? And he hasn't done it yet. <laughs> but I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I have to pay my uncle back somehow, and I just don't know how to do it. <laughs> well, keep us updated. I will first. <laughs> With plenty sir. of pictures. <laughs> well, Shauna, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. With all this talk about presents, let's talk with the biggest gift giver we know, Santa Claus himself. I just happened to get his number, so let's give him a ring, shall we? Ho, ho, ho. Thank you for calling Santa. This is Santa in Santa's workshop. This is Santa? Yes, sir. Well, then you know who this is, right? If, if you're Santa, you're all-knowing. You know who's calling in then, right? I believe this is Stephen Price. Steve Price from Price's Highway Podcast. Uh, wow, look at you. This is great. Hey, I've heard that you've been in the area quite a few times. I Yes, I've visited many children in the Spring Hill area. And, and, and this year, you, you've been around some of the big events. Tell us about that. Well, I did. Uh, I, I was there for the Thompson Station's tree lighting. That was very exciting. Spring Station Middle School this last weekend, and we took some photos. I was at Rise Up Nutrition in Columbia, Tennessee. We took some more photos. It was great. Well, how are the kids these days? Are, are they naughty? Are they nice? What's going on? Realistically, most of them are on the good list. There are a few naughty ones, but not too naughty. Well, what are these uh, nice and naughty kids asking for for Christmas? What's the big popular toy that everybody's asking for this year? Well, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of requests on the on the little girl side with the uh, the water horse and other Elsa two toys, dresses, dolls. Etc. Should I know what this water horse is? I, I haven't seen the movie yet either, Steve. I just have my elves working on it. All right. And I hear they are hard at work right now. They are. Well, you know, sometimes you have to kind of nudge them after a, a, a big hot cocoa break, but generally they're, they're hardworking individuals, yeah. Ooh, and what about the reindeer? Are they, are they working out? Are they pumping iron? Are they getting ready for the big, huge day? Yes, the, uh, they, they've been eating well, lots of carrots and oatmeal. And, uh, well, I'd, I'd take them out and exercise them more, but that darn Federal Aviation Administration only allows me to fly them on December 24. The red tape of bureaucracy, that's, that's always going to happen. Okay, so, it's uh, horrible, Steve, it's horrible. So uh, will kids, before Christmas, will kids have an opportunity to see you around here again? Yes, sir. Um, coming up uh, at the end of this week, uh, December 15th, I will be at the Bethesda Elementary School uh, luncheon at, from 1.30 to 3.30. I'll also be at Firefly from 9 to 11 a.m. on Saturday, December 21st. Saturday, December 22nd at Martin's Barbecue from 11 to 2 p.m. And December 23rd, uh, extra special pancake breakfast at Viking Pizza, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Come have pancakes with Santa, make some pictures with some pancakes and fruit and whipped cream and that kind of fun stuff, it'll be a blast. Ooh, and I hear uh, uh, donations go to something very special, don't they? Yes. Uh, 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 Spring Hill uh, local city park is going to get some uh, handicap accessible equipment 
via the Kiwanis of Spring Hill and Thompson Station. All right, so your dollars are going to a good cause. So before I let you go, I know you're busy, and I really appreciate you taking my call, but we've got to know a couple things. First, what is your favorite kind of cookie? See, my favorite is chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. And with the milk, are you skim, 1%, 2%, or are you a whole guy? Steve, Santa's trying to be trying to stay trim, although it's hard for me with all the cookies, but 2% is my favorite. All right. And the final question. Okay, last year I kind of ended up on your naughty list, just not, not proud no of worries, that. No worries, Steve. No worries, Steve. This year you're on the good list. So, so I'm nice. So I'm on the nice list. You're on the nice list, Steve. Great. Well, Santa, thank you so much. Now get back to, uh, I don't know, what do you do, whip the elves? I, well, they're, 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 right now they're making toys, but I think at the moment they're on one of their hot cocoa breaks. I need to go get them worked in again. Thank you so much for taking my call. Steve, thank you. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday. Hey, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Okay, now it's time for Price's Headlines. Bob Turner from Wingate Estates was rounding up Christmas decorations in his attic when he noticed an old box with his name on it. Upon opening the box, he noticed an unopened pack of baseball cards from 1993. Doing what every other man would do, he ripped open the pack and enjoyed the stale gum, still as fresh as the day it was put in its packaging. And this just in, a local man's moral compass points south every time he drives north on Main Street, or as we call it, Price's Highway here. Area driver Maxwell Wright blames slow traffic, long school zones, and drivers who cut through and behind the Buckner Road Shell Station with not so much as a wave as the cause for his moral decline. And finally, Murray Regional Hospital was given an excellent grade in safety by a group called the Leapfrog Safety Group. They apparently keep an eye on hospitals all over the nation and tally up the number of patients that don't croak while inside healthcare facilities. And those were your Price's Headlines. And now it's time for the real headlines with Chris Yao, Managing Editor of the Advertiser News of Spring Hill and Thompson Station. Use your room, this is Chris. Happy holidays, it's Steve Price. What's happening, Chris? Steve, what's going on, man? I am just sitting here um, looking at the newspaper that we just put out this week and all kinds of great Christmas stuff in it. It's holly jolly Christmas time. All right. What what you got going on this week? Well, first, let's just keep that that Christmas uh, spirit going. The Holly Jolly Christmas special section is in this. It's uh, the first five pages of the B section. Uh, you can check out tons of local advertisers telling you about all the events that they have going on this uh, this holiday season, but also some, some really cool and unique stories that you might find uh, helpful. Uh, such as 10 useful ways to find out what they want for Christmas without asking them, which is super helpful. Um, lots of stuff like that. Uh, additionally, probably the big story this week was uh, they opened the second entrance to the crossing, um, but will probably most likely just be the second exit from the crossing because that's the most important part, right? How the heck do we get out of there after we've shopped all day? Right. Right. Especially this time of year. Oh yeah. That's uh, the most important thing is 
getting the heck out of there. So now that that second uh, exit is open and you can you can go right, you know, towards back towards downtown Spring Hill, um, pretty easy if you just you know go behind Olive Garden there and then right behind where the new Five Guys and Sleep Number mattress store is going to be, and uh, you come out right there by the the new racetrack gas station and you're good to go. If you're shopping over there at the Target, you don't have to deal with that circle. Right. No. Well, you have to, but it's only, you just have to. Well, technically, no, I don't guess you have to. No, you just could. head. Yeah, head right for the off garden and then take a right. Yeah, you could just, yeah, you don't even have to deal with the roundabout anymore. So that's going to, that's really going to hurt some of the memes in the Facebook group. <laughs> it really will, man. But I'm happy about that. Way to go, city. Oh, man. Absolutely. That, that was a huge win um, for the city and really something that everyone knows we needed. I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a secret. Um, so I think that's pretty important that they were able to accomplish that goal, especially before Mayor Graham got out of office, because he's been in, he's been trying to figure out a way to extend that road um, out past the Hampton Inn right there forever. So yeah. getting this exit certainly helped. And you know, Mayor Graham, he's going to be on the show a little later on. That's right. I, I heard that. I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. Yeah, we had a really good conversation, so I can't wait to play that for everybody. Yeah, so everybody stay tuned. Mayor Graham is coming up in a few minutes. Mayor Graham has been on uh, the kind of the war path, but quietly. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, but lately he's been trying to get these parks in spring hill you know going he's trying to get something to where the city can acquire some parkland right well last week in the advertiser news uh you saw on the front page where the park task force or sports complex task force uh had a big presentation and said look here's what it's going to cost blah 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 well this week the city has rolled out a um, a survey for residents so they've been sending out this survey you fill it out what kind of parks would you like to see what sort of you know parks do you want to do you want to have a big park do you want to have pocket parks you know in different areas of the city maybe near two or three subdivisions altogether, that sort of thing so that's really important. And I think if you're, you know, if you care about some green space, Mayor Graham will tell you that uh, it's vitally important to uh, the city to have that green space as well as, I mean, the, the roads are all funded. So it's at this point, the major, the major road projects are funded. And now he wants to uh, make sure we have some of those extra amenities to help bring in those you know major corporations great and hey uh how's everything going with the uh, the big merger over there at the advertiser news with gannett well if you have noticed uh last week on the front page and this week on page two we have had some some articles um from the tennessean that most of actually both of them deal with williamson county you'll get some of that williamson county news through our paper as well from the you know from those Tennessean reporters, they do a fantastic job. Uh, they have a much you know much bigger staff and their ability to to really go out and find those unique stories. And uh, Williamson County is 
unparalleled. So we are happy to have those resources and happy to share them with our readers. Yeah, well, you know, I noticed on the last edition of the newspaper from last week that Emily West was in there. She's from the Tennessean. And yeah, it just really rounds out the newspaper, in my opinion. It just it just is an extra added bonus, you know. We didn't have a whole lot of uh, Williamson County coverage before as far as government and that sort of thing. So now we get to um, we, we get to reap the, ben- the benefits of everything they have to offer. Okay, so it is the holiday season. We started out the big conversation with uh, with the holidays, and we just heard about the strangest gifts people have received in our community. And uh, do you have like a, a strange Christmas story or a favorite Christmas memory or a least favorite Christmas memory? Well. Um, my least favorite Christmas memory was probably when I was, I was maybe 10 or 11 years old. My brothers are about, or I think they're four and five years younger than me. So they were, you know, maybe seven or eight at this time. And, uh, we, we were awakened about three in the morning by my stepdad who had been drinking on Christmas Eve because any parent who's ever had to put together a dollhouse or anything on Christmas Eve, um, alcohol is definitely helpful. Uh, if you don't go out, hit me yeah, up with some more you, nog, honey. Yeah. If you don't go overboard, unfortunately he went a bit overboard and about three o'clock in the morning, I wake up to, all right, boys, get up. Santa done brought you a go-kart. And I was <laughs> like, Oh dear God. So yeah, we got up at three in the morning. And uh, my brothers rode the go-kart around for about two hours, maybe, and then went back to sleep, woke up around seven or eight, and then by eight o'clock, it was already broken down. Uh, they, had, they had run it into the ground already. So it took them about took them about a total of five hours from, get up, boys, to, hey, can we fix this or no? And uh, I'm not even sure it ever got fixed. I just know it was it, it was probably the worst Christmas memory <laughs> ever. <laughs> but looking back on it now, it's just really funny because I know what he was going through trying to put that go-kart together. And I know why he was drinking so much. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the day he had a hangover, but you know, it was the holidays. It's Christmas. Merry Christmas. No, you don't have a hangover. if You just keep drinking. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, thank you so much for uh, being on the big show today. And uh, we'll, you know, we're only doing one podcast in December. So this is it. So this is our holiday spectacular, I guess you want to call it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next year. All right. I'll look forward to it. Thanks, man. We appreciate Chris Yao and all of our friends at the Advertiser News of Spring Hill and Thompson Station for being Prices Highway, the podcast media sponsor. All right, let's take a quick commercial break. You're listening to Prices Highway presented by Price Sells Homes. Don't think twice. Call Carrie Price at 615 615- 497-3317. That's 615-497-3317. Now back to the podcast. All right, everybody. We have Carrie Price from Price Sells Homes right here in the Price's Highway studio. How are you? Hi, everybody. Happy holidays. I am doing great, feeling a little jollier than usual because I have really good news to share this morning. You have some good news. Yes. Tell us. Yes. Okay, so uh, last week we were kind of getting down to the wire trying to find uh, in our market center sponsors for a hundred angels that were hanging on our angel tree. And, and that's as a, Keller Williams. At Keller Williams Realty uh, on Main Street. 
at the end of last week, we had 25 angels left. And we all were really getting nervous because we we just, we really, it was, it was difficult to find um, and really to get the word out. Not to find people that want to be a part of it, but to get the word out about the opportunity. So um, the realtor friends that I have at the office and I got to work and started spreading the news. And as of Sunday night, this past Sunday night, we had six angels remaining that needed to be adopted. And... Um, the amazing thing was Monday morning, so a couple days ago, Monday morning, I go into the office and I find out those last six were adopted. And um, someone that's part of the office staff felt very generous and jumped in and took all six and went shopping for them with her husband and just really, uh, I, we're, I'm just blown away at how God works and the generosity of Everyone that was involved in this, my clients stepped up, my friends stepped up, my family stepped up and helped. And um, it was just so wonderful to just be reminded of um, how many people in our community are just so caring and so generous in this Spring Hill Thompson Station community where we live. Um, the people that you you think would, would not be able to stretch it and make it and become a sponsor are usually the first ones to step up and do it. And that just really warms my heart. Um, but we've now got a hundred seniors and children that are going to be blessed on Christmas morning with gifts they were not expecting from things they need to things they want. And it just makes me so happy to be able to bring that news. Well, that is excellent. Wonderful news. That of course was Carrie Price from Price Sells Homes. And although the Keller Williams Angel Tree Program is wrapped up for the year, there's another special group of folks right here in the Spring Hill area who are always wanting to make the Christmas season brighter for those who might be in a tight spot. And you know what? There is still time for you to help out. The group is called Spring Hill Sparkles, and two of its members dropped by recently to talk all about what it is they do. Take a listen. All right, everybody, we have two of the founding members of Spring Hill Sparkles in the Priceless Highway studio today. We have Stacy Moore and we have Scott Sparks. How are y'all? Fine, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for inviting us. Now, you all have been doing this for four years now. Yeah, this is our fourth year. Reaching out to the community to help community members who uh, might be struggling this time of year. Yeah, just... Uh try to give a hand to some people who may be struggling through the holidays, maybe just need a little bit of an assistance, uh, help provide a good holiday for their families. Well, take us back in time. How did this all get started? So we had a mutual friend that was struggling one year. We were talking at first, we were all going to, three of us going to pitch in and help just her. <clears throat> and then, like as we started doing that, like I said, you know, if we get everybody to pitch in, we can have help more people. So it kind of just snowballed from, yeah. from there. I think Evie was saying, uh, I wish we could help her out. And Sparks was like, well, why can't we? And he started throwing out ideas, and we started thinking, you're right. Why can't we? And it just kind of went from there. So you got together. And how, how much money did you get that first year? Oh, that first year, I think we maybe got close to about 1200 Okay. Something like that the first year. So $1,200, that's pretty good. I mean, it that's was, really we, good. We were amazed. Just coming, yeah. You know, just dreaming up this. Yeah, I think we set our goal for like $500, and it just wow. snowballed on us. I mean, we, we kept raising the goal and thinking, this is crazy. <laughs> and, I mean, it was wonderful, but, yeah. Right. So when you get this money, what are you buying with it? Uh, 
primarily we try to do gift cards because we don't want to be doing the shopping for someone. We want sure. them to be able to choose what it is that they need. And so we, um, we usually talk to them and give them a choice. Uh, do they want a Kroger card, Target, Walmart, uh, a type of store where you can get food, clothing, toys, whatever fits their need, diapers, formula. And we get gift cards and we distribute those. And you know who these people are because they have to fill out a yeah, registration uh, form or does somebody do that for them? Or uh, both? It can be both. Um, you can sponsor someone if you know someone in need, if you um, know somebody who needs help but they don't want to ask, if someone needs help and you don't want them to know that you're sponsoring them. I mean, we have on our Facebook page, there's a pinned form that you fill it out and it's completely anonymous. Um, you only fill out what you want to fill out. I mean, of course, we're going to need a name and a phone number to be able mm-hmm. to contact someone. But the three of us are the only ones who see it, and it goes from there. Okay, so that's Spring Hill Sparkles on Facebook. Yes. Okay, very cool. So you you have the gift cards. Now you have to meet the people. How do you distribute? Do you go to their house? Do you meet somewhere? Um, we usually meet somewhere. It's uh, whatever's more convenient for them. Uh, we After they fill out the form, we can contact them through email, or they can email us. Uh, aside from the Facebook page, they can send a message there or email. Um, and we have a conversation with them about their needs, about uh, the type of card they would like and all that. And then we find out how the best way to get it to them is. And sometimes it's, you know, at their work. Sometimes it's at a parking lot of a Walmart, you know, just whatever works for them. And when you meet these people, I mean, that's probably Christmas for you, right? It's absolutely Christmas for me. That's what I look forward to all year. It's amazing. It's the best feeling. I bet you it's um, an emotional roller coaster for... It it can be. That's uh, There's only been maybe one or two times that I have left from meeting somebody that I wasn't crying and all hugged up and (laughs) meeting uh, new people and just seeing the joy on their faces and knowing that we helped them to be able to give their kid a good Christmas. That's what it's about for us. It's... For the kids. Have y'all done any follow-ups with people you've helped and have some stories about that? Well, there was um, one year this girl was wanting a camera, so we got a camera for her. And I've, I talk, I'm a photographer, so I talked to her mom a little bit after that and asked how she was doing with it and talked about possibly going out and uh, giving her some lessons on how to use it. But I haven't ever been able to follow up beyond that, but the last I heard, she was doing great and loving it and was so thankful still. So if people want to give to your group, how do they go about doing this? You have the GoFundMe link on our Facebook page. And we post it throughout the other Facebook groups pretty much all the way through Christmas. And what is the goal this year, the financial goal? I think we have it set at 2000 but, um, you know, whatever anybody can give. That's The goal is just to help as many families and kids in Spring Hill as we're able to help. And last year, you all hit about, what, 1850 or something? Uh, yeah, I think so. How many people were you able to help with that money? Um, I think at the last count, we were able to help about 12 families, about 41 kids. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Because I think the first year that we did this, we helped nine kids, and we were just so amazed that we were able to do that. So 41 kids is just mind-blowing for us. <laughs> it was just so great. Right, and this is not the only time of year you all are 
working Spring Hill Sparkles. You guys are helping around the year, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, we've done uh, diaper drives for Prevent Child Abuse Tennessee. We've done um, food drives for the well. We've done 9-11 dinners for uh, Jamie Craig's uh, Remembering Our First Responders. We've done, oh, we did a coat drive, I think, one year. We've done, we just try to stay active throughout the year because, I mean, our focus is the holidays, but there's need all year long. So we want to be doing what we can. All right, Stacy and Scott, thanks so much for dropping by. Thank you. Okay, everybody, now is probably the time in the podcast where you can go ahead and press pause because you're going to want to get yourself a drink. You're going to want to get yourself a snack. You want to come back and press play because the most recognizable guest that we've ever had on the show will be joining us. Well, I guess Santa was pretty recognizable. But in our area, the mayor of Spring Hill is pretty recognizable too. And Rick Graham was gracious enough to come by the Prices Highway studio, sit down, chat about life. We chatted about politics, sports, and why not? Festival Tennessee. Mayor Graham, thank you so much for coming by the uh, Prices Highway studio. Oh, my pleasure. It's an honor to have you here. <laughs> I, I love it. Well, uh, you know, you're in Thompson Station now, yeah. so uh, you can pretty much say whatever you want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's kind of like Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't worry. I mean, nobody's listening anyway. Oh, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so you are the mayor of Spring Hill. What number mayor are you? Oh, gosh. You, you, it's funny you'd say that because I lost a list. It was when was it? Uh, a few years ago, I, I wondered that too. So I went back over a lot of history books and some of these historic books of Spring Hill. Yeah. And just tried to count up. And I, in fact, I wrote mayor's names down. And, uh, oh gosh, and I can't find it now. Now I've lost that piece of paper. Uh, I'm thinking it's somewhere in the 60s or 70s. Okay. Somewhere in that ballpark. So for people at home or on the road right now who don't know what a mayor does, I know all cities are different. You know, they govern differently. But as far as Spring Hill is concerned, what is your major role? Yeah. Well, you know, that's a very good question because people most of the time think Spring Hill has a full-time mayor. Right. Well, we don't. We never have. And uh, uh, it could happen one day with some growth. But, but you know, even Murfreesboro with 160,000 people has a part-time mayor, which blows my mind. Yeah. Because knowing that Spring Hill, we actually could run with a full-time city administrator and a full-time mayor. Because Victor Lay and I, our current city administrator, we divide and conquer a lot. Sure. I mean, we decide on things, uh, certain meetings. But I have to, I call it my real job. What it pays the bills, yep. and uh, so uh, I have to uh, make sure I com- uh, do all my work in that regard. And then you know, uh, late afternoons, uh, nights—that's uh, when I put on the mayor hat. Weekends for events and things. You know, some meetings during the, you know, sometimes during the week I'll have four to five meetings in a day, and uh, or you know, and a couple events mixed in. Uh, so it, it just it varies. So what do you do? Yeah. You know, and, and to get back to your original question, uh, being a part-time mayor, you know, and again, I'm only one vote on the mayor, on the board of mayor and alderman, on the BOMA. So you can vote every time? Yeah, I can vote every time. That's a good question because some mayors, I believe, don't. some don't vote at all. Some only vote on a tie. Yep. Uh, mayor Spring Hill always votes on every, uh, every issue. 
And uh, sometimes I wish I didn't, you know, have to because some, you know, don't time it really gets contentious is when uh, you're voting on uh, people to be on your library board. And it's, it's kind of hard, you know, when you got five great candidates, citizens that are wanting to serve on the board and we got three spots and none of us like to tell something, you know, we've actually had people get mad at us, you know, uh, but other than that, you know, it's the normal uh, voting system, but the mayor uh, facilitates, chairs the meetings, you know, that's uh, my responsibility. Uh, and uh, that's been, uh, that's been fun here lately. And uh, also, you know, kind of, I, and I hate to say the face of the city, Lord, you know, cause I'm not a face guy, uh, but to be at those appearances and the events and uh, uh, to say a few words, sometimes at, at uh, openings and, well, you're certainly a figurehead. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you. And uh, and you know, and, and, and I go to a lot of you know, I'm, I'm in a lot of transportation meetings. You mm-hmm. know, that's basically when I got elected. Uh, you know what? Almost seven years ago. You know, that was one of the things that I was going to make sure that I did was make sure I attended. Uh, and it's worked because now I'm I'm the co-chair of our regional uh, GRNC or MPO, uh, which all roads, all improvements of roads go through that committee before even TDOT, you know. So those kind of attendance, that attendance has been very important. Let's go back in time, like way far away. How old of a man are you? I'm 62. All right. Yeah. And where were you born? I was born in uh, just south of uh, Spring Hill in South Tennessee, uh, Lawrence County, which is uh, Lawrenceburg. And, uh, but I wasn't raised there because my dad was military uh, air force. And that's the reason I, I grew up in, mostly in the Smyrna area because you're too young to even know this too, that there used to be an Air Force base in Smyrna, you know, which uh, that's why they get so many of the air shows and, and such as that. But that base closed in 1970 or 71, and we were stationed at uh, Smyrna, I think, four times. Um, so I went like third, fourth, fifth grade. Let, we got Dad got transferred, and then we came back. I think I spent two or three years of junior high, left again, and came back uh, my sophomore year of high school. And uh, so I call hometowns is Smyrna, and I went to uh, college in Murfreesboro, Middle Tennessee State. Oh, what did you study? I studied business administration. All right, and that's I, what you're doing now, right? That's what I'm doing now. I've been, you know, uh, going on uh, 40 years now. You want to tell us what you do? Yeah, you know, it, I've always been uh, – I did get out, I think, one year I tried to be a headhunter. Okay. And, uh, but I just couldn't take, uh, uh, you know, uh, the desk job. So I've, all these years I've been in the, uh, what I call the food contract business. And uh, we're for a company now called Sage Dining. And uh, we have 16 schools in Tennessee. They're independent private schools. And, uh, and we hire chefs that are burned out in the restaurant business. And we put out, incredible lunches you wouldn't believe uh you know it's built in their tuition so there's no cash registers you know we cook food from scratch uh it's very healthy uh balanced type uh foods and uh uh and it's it's really nice because there again like here in a couple weeks you know i got two or three weeks that it really slows down because a lot of our schools are closed what were some of your interests as a kid and as a teenager? What were some of the things you liked to do? Yeah. You know, one, uh, 
a motorcycle riding. In fact, really? I just sold my bike to uh, past Vice Mayor Bruce Hall because uh, it sat in my garage for two years. Go figure. You know, two jobs. Uh, it didn't, I didn't get on it very much. It kind of broke my heart uh, selling my motorcycle. And uh, But I started off with mini bikes, dirt bikes, uh, had a motorcycle through college. I actually lived in a fraternity house and rode my motorcycle up the stairs, just like Animal House. Now, do we have any pictures or videos? <laughs> no, or I guess film. I got. <laughs> I guarantee you, some fraternity brothers in Murfreesboro that, that, that would know about this. And uh, I used to park it in my room, turn the little gas knob off, and I slept with my motorcycle during college. And uh, uh, what else? You know, of course, you know, I'm a very active kid. Uh, you know, with my parents kicked us out of the house at six o'clock on in the morning and we didn't come in till dark and we played sports all day. You know, I never was a good athlete, but played a little bit of junior high football, but, uh, played a lot of tennis and uh, a lot through college and high school. Uh, again, not tall enough or big enough. If I had your, your height and reach, uh, I could have been a better tennis player because uh, <laughs> it takes somebody over six foot, but, uh, uh, but I, I love that. My hobby, my biggest hobby today is uh, genealogy. Really? Okay. Yep. Yeah, my brother does a lot of that. Yeah, oh, I'm hooked. I've been doing it about 20, 25 years, even before Ancestry.com and okay. those kind of sites. And uh, But right now, i probably got 45,000 names in my family database. Wow, what's the uh, most interesting story? I've got a couple connections. Uh, one, uh, I'm related to George Washington Duke who Duke University was named after. He was the king of tobacco okay. in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. And I was actually uh, related to uh, uh, one of his brothers. It's my ancestor. And uh, and I have a connection to George Washington uh, through marriage. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, so George Washington's in my Asheville database, but that one's not blood-related. That was uh, through a marriage connection, but still pretty cool. That is cool. I mean, I'm... He can lead the country, you can lead the city. How about that? <laughs> uh, do you uh, have thoughts? Well, I know, okay, uh, I don't think this is breaking news or anything, but you're not uh, going to run for re-election, no. correct? Yeah, I've been pretty clear about that. Of course, you know, Vincent Fuquay's already out there, um, and he wouldn't have done that if I, you know, would have been uh, thinking any chance of running again. But in a year and a half, April of 21, I'll be done, and that'll be 14 years on the board, uh, I think. Uh, Spring Hill's had enough of me, you know. <laughs> no, so, that's not true. <laughs> and uh, so it's time for some of these younger uh, folks to uh, to take over, definitely. But uh, it's been a good 14 years. I've learned a lot. But What do you plan on doing afterwards? I, you know, I'm definitely going to take a break for a little while, you know. And then after that, you know, I mean, uh, I'm going to retire from my real job uh, in about seven years. Um, I'll be pushing that 70 mark and uh, – I plan on retiring then. I, I may I may dabble in something, you know, after that. Uh, uh, we'll see. But uh, but definitely I'm going to take a break for a while, you know, and just I think see what it's like to do my job and come home. It's been a while. It's been a while. So what advice would you give the uh, next mayor coming in? Well, one, you know, it, it's a very good uh, question, you know, because it's uh, a mayor job is so different. It's – and – it's very challenging, you know, because of um, uh, you got eight aldermen and a mayor. And, uh, and, of course, everybody looks at the mayor like the driving force. And uh, these aldermen, you know, they all make up their own minds. They're all, uh, you know, their own 
our own little judges, you know, and that's what I tell them. You know, I tell them all the time, you know, I, I, I'm not a twist arm mayor, never have been. I don't get in people's faces after they vote uh, something that I don't agree with. Uh, that's their choice, you know. I tell people to vote their conscience, but do their due diligence. You know, please do your homework and don't just make a decision because it's the um, the hot topic on social media at the time. You know, uh, make sure it's the right decision for Spring Hill. And uh, but the next mayor, you know, you, you it's nothing you're going to be totally prepared for. I do like and prefer that an alderman becomes mayor because just a learning curve, the learning curve. Even going from alderman to mayor, the learning curve's so, uh, so big. Uh, it takes some time, and and just to get your feet, you know, on the ground and running. Uh, for somebody that's not been coming to our meetings or too involved, now somebody out of the planning commission might, you know, transition okay into it or something like that. But, uh, but to come straight in uh, would definitely uh, take a little while to catch up uh, on some things. But uh, the one thing they would never prepare for would be uh, becoming thick-skinned and uh, because you've got to be uh, definitely uh, content enough uh, or uh, strong enough to take criticism, your name being slandered, uh, even when things are not true. Uh, and, you you know, but the mayor's one of those jobs you, you probably get credit when, when too, maybe too much when you shouldn't. And get blamed too much at times too, you know. So it's one of those kind of jobs. But uh, but I've enjoyed it. I really have. Now you got into it because of noisy neighbors. That's what got me into the alderman seat in two thousand seven. I actually started going to meetings in two thousand six, and uh, a lot of people don't know this. There's so much history of Spring Hill just in the last twenty years. And uh, two thousand six, I went because uh, I had some uh, uh, businesses in my backyard that like to take the music out on the patio and 10 30 on Tuesday night, I'm listening to Freebird. Now I love Freebird, oh, but, but Tuesday at 10, 10 30, I'm not, I have to get up at four, four 30. Uh, I'm thinking, Hmm, you know, and we didn't have a, a noise ordinance with a decibel level. Uh-huh. So I went to the board. First time I ever went in city hall, walked up to the podium. The same people come to us now and I just asked them to add a decibel level to the noise ordinance. And outside of uh, past alderman Jonathan Duda, uh, the rest of them kind of thumbed their nose at me. And I thought, okay. So I, I started going to the Bowman meetings. And after about a month, I, I kind of forgot what I came for because we were in a mess. You know, we were about $3 million in the red, had zero property tax, uh, we're, the economy was starting to slip and dipped into the eight and nine recessions. So, um, uh, the city even passed a retirement plan for all the employees with 3 million in the red. I mean, it was just sitting out in the audience. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And, uh, so that's what drove me to run for alderman and I beat the incumbent and, uh, what three others in my first run, uh, that one. I actually knocked on about maybe 800 doors, not a whole lot. Uh, I credit my church and a lot of good friends getting me elected then. And uh, when I ran for mayor the first time, I knocked on over 5,000 doors, so to give a little comparison. But uh, that's what got me in. I tell people now, they come up to uh, concerned citizens on our agenda, and I say, 
you know, be careful about complaining. Uh, that's, you could become mayor. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Huh? Look at you. Uh, okay, so you talked about being thick-skinned, and I want to ask you a question about uh, Spring Hill and the surrounding areas being on these uh, these social media forums. Uh, there's several of them. I'm banned from at least <laughs> one of them that I know of. Um, thick-skinned would be the right word. Yeah. And how how much sway does social media have in decision-making? You know, it, it's really become almost a new norm. Uh, I think we saw it uh, in the last couple of elections. Uh, you know, I think my last election, what did I win by, 19 votes or something? It, it was not a lot, and uh, there was a big, you know, I had a big lead on the early voting, and then election day, there was a pretty big swing on social media and some things that were voiced and said, and and uh, and, and people that know me know I'm not that voices, uh, I'm not uh, that out there uh, speaking my mind a lot uh, publicly. You know, I, I'm kind of a low-key uh, team-building kind of uh, person. You know, I, I like to get things done in a civil matter uh, at work and things. And uh, uh, so I, I believe that, uh, and, and then with the low turnout of the city elections, I think that adds to it, that you can actually, uh, elections can be turned uh, pretty easily uh, with, with uh, our local social media, you know, definitely. You know, and speaking of elections, I'll go ahead and say out there right now that, uh, you know, that's one reason I supported moving the elections to November. And I was um, only one. You know, twice I have took it to the board. And in both times they were like, why are you bringing, you know, you know we're not going to do this. And you, I said, well, I'm going to make you do it. I'm going to make you decide again that you're not. And, uh, in fact, we did a poll. Jamie Page, our communications director, uh, did a poll uh, that I asked him to do on social media and the citizens overwhelmingly supported moving the election. And then the alderman chose uh, again, not to, you know, they want to keep it in April and they're afraid that money gets involved with contributions that spring Hill election would get lost and all that. But I think voters are smarter in that, you know, and uh, um, I, I believe people will do their homework and not just go vote for the president or whatever the election is you know, at that time and not, you know, lose sense of the local piece of that. And, uh, but if we can turn five point five point six seven something like that, yeah. you know, if we yeah. could turn that into 42% of people, you know, choosing their local leaders, why wouldn't you? Now I fully support, you know, uh, Auburn Federer and a couple of others are like, well, let's do what we can to increase the poll hours, increase the polls, have more of them. Williamson County is doing a good job with that, with their change. Unfortunately, we can't do that because our city hall is on the Murray side. But I'm all for that, too. But why not do that and move the election? But, you know, again, this it's a board decision, you know, when you're uh, – I don't complain when I'm the low man, you know, um, decisions all the time. So, What is one of the uh, biggest projects – whether it be controversial or just something that wasn't controversial, just something nice for the community. Uh, what was what was something that sticks out in your mind is your favorite project? Wow. Favorite project. Stephen, that's a good one. Let me think here. Um, you know, <laughs> my mind automatically goes to transportation so much because that's what we've been so in tune to, uh, 
you know, these seven years and then even a few years before I became mayor, favorite project. You know, there's been a couple that I have not been able to uh, to do yet. Uh, and, you know, business incubator is one that I've always wanted to start. And I thought when we got Northfield that we'd have enough space out there to start a small business incubator. Because uh, I have a heart for entrepreneur or small business type deal. And I kind of see that for downtown Spring Hill, you know, mm-hmm. the town center, uh, Don Chains, uh, just that great 12th Avenue South uh, that Nashville has spirit in that area. Uh, so that was one that I've, uh, I'm probably going to leave office and not see happen. Uh, you know, probably the, you know, the one that stands out, I guess would be the I 65, uh, $25 million bill grant. That's a uh, big deal. That was a, you know, if people are realize that interstate interchange spring Hill, we're going, we're putting in 21, million dollars into that I-65 interchange in addition to that $25 billion grant. We basically turned the grant over the TDOT uh, because it came with strings that sure did. we couldn't even make yep. the deadlines. So so TDOT was like, oh, thank goodness. And that's been a whole other thing that we have focused on for the last seven years. It's been building that TDOT relationship. And we have come such a long ways. Representative Sam Whitson likes to joke that TDOT must have an office in Spring Hill <laughs> or we have an office at, at, by TDOT's office in Nashville because we're meeting with them and we have such a great relationship with them now. But but that in the, that interchange, that $25 million grant, uh, probably, probably moved up, I'd say, three to four years at least. But in 2024, we'll be out there opening up that interstate interchange. 25 at the latest, but we're being optimistic that it'll happen in mid 24. Because it has to happen, as well, far as the money is concerned. Yeah, we have to. The deadline's to start it. Okay. We have to start it. So that we're going to make. Uh, it looks that's looking very promising. And with T dot driving the ship uh, on that part, but we are responsible for Butner Lane and all the uh, you know the extension of Buckner Road all the way to Lewisburg Pike, yep. which includes parts not even in Spring Hill. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, and Buckner Road, uh, let me explain that first because, you know, the interstate interchange and Buckner Lane are going to open at the same time. That has to happen. You know, and it just makes sense with, you know, we have 75% of our people living really close to this interstate interchange. You know, when you got 75% of 43,000 people that can migrate to Butner Lane and, and duplex will be done uh-huh. next year. So now we're going to have a, a nice L-shaped road that'll cut right, you know, right through Spring Hill that people can get up on either duplex, Butner Lane, interstate interchange, and, and be heading north in the morning. You know, so those is priority one, getting those done by 24, 25. And then the widen of 31 is on the state three-year list. That's That was another big, huge achievement. We, we call it Price's Highway here. Yeah, you go. I, I, this morning <laughs> I thought about it. Say I f- totally forgot. Sorry about that. <laughs> and uh, But Price's Highway and uh, Buckner Road, we see those running together. You know, those two. Yep. Uh, Buckner Road's going to be a much bigger challenge with 
the road widening. Yeah. As you as we all know, if you rode that's that like road, a roller coaster, it's going to be a and, it's pretty tight. And with the utilities, we're going to have to probably buy four or five houses uh, to do it. And uh, and we're talking about a roundabout on Buckner Road, and then we see that working in in uh, along with the state widening process highway you know so those two will happen so you know hopefully in eight to ten years those will will follow right behind the uh uh the ones on 24 and you know 2024 and 25 you know uh we also have something i've got the uh the advertiser news right here in my left hand and uh they're talking about a need for sports fields yeah. in Spring Hill. Yeah. And so there's a task force involved. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Because I think a lot of people are just freaking out. Yeah. Well, this is one that's been on the back burner for me uh, for seven years now. And I knew uh, we had so many road transportation projects that we had to get going. And, and people don't realize we have well over $120 million in road projects in action right now. I've named a few of them, and there's a few more in addition to those that that we've already got going. So I've been waiting on this one because when I was elected seven years ago, I had so many people tell me, you know, we need ball fields. We need more passive parks. We need, uh, you know, something. Uh, our kids don't have to leave Spring Hill to go play ball. And so – you know, we, it had to go back on the back burner until we could uh, uh, start talking about it. So about six months ago, you know, I uh, uh, recruited this task force of people that I knew were very vocal, understood the need uh, of not just the sports plaques, but just uh, local ball fields in particular. And the sports plaques task force did a real good job explaining the two needs. One, you know, we need just ball fields for us. They can be hidden. They don't have to be in high visible areas. They can be tucked away because we know where to go for practice and ball fields. Okay. So we need that. Uh, the, the big, when you hear sportplex, uh, we're talking about something much bigger. And we would be, if we did this, it would be the most bold thing that probably Spring Hill has ever done because we'd be one of the first in this region if we had a, uh, top-notch, uh, state-of-the-art complex, uh, sports complex with multiple fields, turf, uh, lighting, the whole works. And these, this would have to be in a, uh, a, a very accessible off the interstate, uh, very uh, easy to find. Uh, but we could be the first in this region to have something like this at this scale uh, that we're talking about. Uh, and here's the thing, you know, the, all the roads and the infrastructure dollars we've talked about, this one pays for itself. This does not take away from the road dollars. Now, of course, we still have to find the money. We still have to fund it. But this is a huge investment that we get back as a community. Our businesses, our hotels, it's just incredible economic uh, boom. And we've, uh, the task force has done a great job of going out there in areas uh, like South Haven, Mississippi, and these areas that have built these in, in 20 years ago and what it's done to their city economically. They know that they got every penny back uh, and more. Uh, so this is one of those, to me, it, it's, um, I don't I hate to say slam dunk, uh, 
but uh, I don't know if there's no support out there with the aldermen, uh, just to be frank. Uh, it, you know, they have to be convinced. And I've been telling people, so, you know, people come up to me and says, man, I really want that sportsplex and at least the ball fields, you know, at least the local ball fields. And I'm saying, well, you better contact your aldermen, you know, because it's going to take four other of them besides me. Uh, Jeff Graves, you know, uh, he's, of course, uh, the alderman that's over the you know, parks and recs, and he's on this task force. Uh, Vincent Fuquay's uh, been quite involved in follower too. Uh, but we've got some other aldermen that have to be convinced. And, uh, and, and it's not... I mean, we have some work to do. It's it's the task force is only halfway uh, completed. They just gave us an update. What you read in the paper was just an update where they're at right now. Uh, they d- kind of did that so we because we're talking about our capital improvements plan right now. The Alderman are our board, and uh, now's the time to. Uh, we do have some money already in the CIP, but um, it, but we're gonna have to put a lot more money in there over the next ten years to make that happen. And uh, the private-public partnerships would be a definite uh, way uh, to help this thing uh, happen. And, uh, and you know, we've, we got some, I know we do, we got some people out there that uh, I'm sure that would uh, partner with us and um, because it would only help their business uh, in, in Spring Hill. And I'm probably looking too far in, in advance, and if I'm completely wrong, just uh, sh- shut me down. Uh, with this new interchange coming in, uh, will there be hotels and that kind of things that would support uh, bringing in these baseball teams or football teams for these tournaments? And let's let's talk about that, but also, are we prepared to have that kind of traffic come into the city? Well, with the plans that we've got in place, the ones I talked about, you know, with with Buck, you know, with uh, Duplex, Buckner Lane, new interstate interchange, Prices Highway, Buckner Road, all that coming in the next phase of road transportation uh, improvements. All that's in the works. All that's in the works. When the, when the I-65 opens and that area starts taking off, uh, it's going to be a mixed-use type area, and uh, there's going to be probably several hotels. Um, it's going to be... Uh, a uh, ton of retail, uh, from what they've told me, that you could take over 30 years of retail growth in that area. You could take Cool Springs Mall, drop it in there, and it's more than that. That's what we're talking about. It's that big. And hopefully, you know, the roads we're going to build will be like people prefer out in front of this all coming. So it'll, and uh, and then with by that time, hopefully the state will have widened 65 all the way down past Saturn Parkway. Uh, too. So uh, hopefully that will materialize also in the next 10 years. So uh, with that and the ball fields, man, it's perfect scenario. It's the perfect scenario. With the ball fields on a scale of, yeah, this is going to happen or a festival Tennessee. Yeah. Where does this project fall in line in your opinion? Or if you, if you had a crystal ball, where, where would that fall in line? Yeah. Well, again, it's going to take some, uh, some political, uh, uh, people to stand up and uh, make it happen. Uh, and I'm afraid, I'm not sure it's there right now with the alderman. Uh, it could be, you know, because it, it just takes five votes. Uh, but it's going to be interesting where, where that uh, falls in the next uh, year or two, but even before I get out of office on these kind of decisions. But, 
Uh, yeah, but this is a reality. This is not, uh, you know, the festival, you know. Uh, and, I, and I have to stay, too. I was in Alderman during, during that, that, that time, and uh, I was not out in that field. <laughs> so for people who don't know listening in, several years ago, well, more than several years ago, when, when was that? That was uh, 2009, maybe? Yeah, somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. There were... Previous to this, there there was talks that I heard about that Dolly Parton was always interested in that land, and I was working in Channel Four at the time. And when I heard a press release come out about this, uh, man, something big, an amusement park's coming to Spring Hill. Man, I was all over that press conference, but when I saw the press conference, I, I started to you know uh, scratch my head a bit. Well, you and everybody. So what happened? Yeah, you know, because what. And the reason I wasn't out, you know, because uh, the mayor, you know, had asked all of us to come out and, and, and participate in that press conference. But, you know, when I didn't see the state involved, uh, that was kind of my, my you know, my th- decision there. It's like, hmm, you know. Well, why we we're going to get an NBA team, too. Yeah, right? NBA, Big Hilton Hotel, you know. Uh, what's funny is that that land was annexed into the city. It's still in the city today uh, out there. Uh, vacant, but it'll be used one day, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, that was quite uh, quite an ordeal. So, uh, as far as ball fields are concerned, are you are y'all looking at that land? Perhaps? Well, we have several. The task force did a real good job of uh, of uh, every piece of property in Spring Hill of uh, of color coordinating. Because um, for us to do a complex, it has to be over 100 acres for us to do the, the big scope one. And uh, so there's still only a handful of those uh, partials left at Spring Hill, you know, uh, for that. Well, it's 2020 now. What, what's the population of Spring Hill? You know, officially, the last census we did was 40,600. I would safely say we're well over 43,000. And next year's census, I think, will fall somewhere around the 44 mark, somewhere in that ball, 44,000. I, again, we're not fortune tellers here. Yeah. But in 2030, what are you thinking? Gosh, you know, 2030, yeah, we'll be pushing 65, 70,000. And, you know, and you bring up a whole nother uh, good point I'd like to elaborate on because I've mentioned it to the board twice in the last two meetings, and, I, and I'm just getting blank stares. Uh, Spring Hill's got to decide, you know, when I became mayor, we knew what we had to do. We knew we had to get the groundwork started on these roads. You know, we are so far behind on infrastructure. So we've done that. We've got the roads in progress. It's not going to happen as fast as everybody wants, you know, but over uh, the next 10 years, uh, we'll get these uh, these big projects, uh, first ones done, you know. But we have to look at South Spring Hill. Uh, in the next 20, 30 years, it's going to be, to develop. We're already doing more permits, residential permits on Murray side than the Williamson side. You know, because I tell people, put a fork in us, we're done on the Williamson side, except for the Alexander Farm and the I-65 interchange. Uh, the south side of Spring Hill uh, is still a, a, a clean canvas, uh, but it's going to be gone. If we don't do something about preservation uh, soon, if then, uh, which means we have to buy it. We have to do like Thompson Station did. We have to go buy a few hundred acres here, a few hundred acres here over on this side of town, 
of if we don't grab those now, they're going to be developed. People are talking about uh, perhaps a new city hall and library, maybe library, um, just a new downtown area. Yeah. Um, what's the feedback been on that so far? Well, you know, and that's another task force I started. You know, again, I had to wait on the, uh, I waited on these things because I knew transportation and the roads were so uh, crucial. Uh, so I did a task force for the sportsplex. I did a task force for the downtown uh, area. And what a lot of us envision there is that downtown, downtown Spring Hill, this town center area, uh, you know, one, it needs a streetscape update. You know, it needs to be, we need a parking garage down there eventually. But I would love to see like a 12th Avenue South with, you know, a lot of boutique shops and organic ice cream and places where people could uh, take their family into strollers and stroll around and uh, and be able to park in a you know in a, in a good safe environment and and not have to worry about crosses you know crossing the road 31 and so much but that whole area could be so uh, done in a nice way and I know Bill Benedict and and the historic commission and this task force are, are looking at that and at the same time I, I basically gave the preservation piece I was talking about a minute ago uh, to the tourism council. And uh, so those three task forces was really what was left on my mind for my remaining time. I thought, at least get them on the table. Let's get the discussion started. Of course, it's hard to get people to focus on those when they're still in traffic and congestion today. Right. You know, when they don't see what's coming, you know, that it's going to get, I hate to say it's going to get better because, you know, know, if we pick up 30,000 more people in the next 10 years, uh, we may just be catching, you know. And how is that, uh, the widening project on 31, prices that way, um, yeah. you know, when we go through that historic area, is that going to bottleneck or how is how does that work? I, you know what, that came up about, that's reason, here's a story a lot of people don't know either. Uh, I think I was a young alderman. I had, had not been alderman long. And uh, in 31 was either on the three-year widening discussion for the state or close to it either way uh in the city uh a lot of people came up and said you know we don't want 31 widening in downtown spring hill because you got those two historic churches uh this is not going to fit or at least we thought it was not going to fit then you know but now we've done the uh, preliminary engineering to know that you know for miles johnson to north out of spring hill you know we can have five lanes now, they're smaller lanes, they're narrower lanes than what TDOT wants us to do, but they said they would let us do the reduced lanes because how fast are you going to go anyway, you know? But but we can do five lanes through that aspect. We can, I don't think we can through town center. Uh, I think those two churches are just too close to the road. So what are you going to, now you're into a, a very, very uh, contentious uh, discussion about two historic churches. Miles Johnson, you know, when it was opened, uh, uh, that was a few years before I, I was an alderman, but uh, a few years before I became uh, mayor, uh, that was go- kind of supposed to be considered a bypass for the downtown area. Uh, so we don't know. You know, right now, uh, the widening of Process Highway starts at Miles Johnson and goes north, you know, of uh, Going south, we don't uh, know where that little stretch, and then it goes back to what four lane, 
once you pass town center from the children's home. Uh-huh. So that little stretch could stay kind of like Franklin downtown is now, you know, the 31. And I want to go back real quick to uh, the town center. You've got a heart for entrepreneurs. You want to attract small businesses to come in. How can they afford that? I mean. Well, that's where that incubator was going to help. See, could you imagine if we could have provided a space for, I mean, just dirt cheap for somebody, you know, like you. You know, was it two years ago? I think we had 250-something business licenses, but only 50 of them was brick and mortar. People are working from home like you are. You know, people are, are, are uh, uh, so an incubator, a business incubator would have been a perfect place for somebody to set up an office, share, share copiers and uh, maybe, you know, a, a attendant, a door attendant, you know, you share those kind of things. Uh, we went and visited two or three, uh, uh, at least two. I, I can think of one in uh, Birmingham. It was so cool. And I think Clarksville was another one we visited. And uh, uh, and these people, you know, they, they eventually graduate and outgrow the incubator space and, and go out and get their own brick and mortar later. But it gets them going. It gets that startup moving. Uh, and I think that is so cool, you know, and to be able to, to, uh, to do that. So, um because if I had one wish in life over again, it would be uh, I, I would have done something on my own, you know, my real job, you know. I would have gone out and, and, and tried the entrepreneur uh, approach instead of working for a company. Okay, Northfield, that is kind of a, a controversial issue at this point. Uh, a library was supposed to go there, may still go there. I don't know. Where are we on the thing? Yeah, and uh, what, two weeks ago... Uh, by eight to one vote, or it might have been seven, it was seven to one. I think uh, one alderman was absent. The one no vote was me. Uh, we authorized a $100,000 uh, study uh, for the Northfield assessment. Okay? Uh, I didn't have, uh, well, I do. I didn't, I, I just have this thing about analysis paralysis. You know, most businesses cannot afford to go out and spend $100,000 to do a study. Uh, to help them make a decision. You know, I think that's what these city leaders are for, and we you know we should be able to take what we know and and uh, and, uh, and go with it. Uh, we But that 100000 we authorized the other day, and, uh, and I had to sign, uh, we probably could have spent 20000 And that would have been for an environmental part of that study. Uh, if people were worried about uh, mold in Northfield, we could have addressed that probably for fifteen or $20,000. But we spent $100,000 to give us a full assessment of Northfield that includes HVAC, plumbing, electrical, uh, the condition of the building. All of that is fixed with renovation. That's fixed with renovation. You know, uh, we put back, uh, if people don't want the library there, uh, that's a whole different decision to me. Okay. Uh, Okay. We don't put the library there. Uh, but now what are you going to do with the library? Uh, it would have opened here in about a month or two. Uh, beautiful, huge library and been totally renovated. Uh, new carpets, new wire, new, uh, the whole works. Uh, and, you know, and now where are we going to put, people think we can build a new library 
Well, it's going to cost. It's going to be what I project is going to happen, and probably I'll be out of office. But I project that the library is going to be tw- uh, about half the size or less, and three times the cost. Because uh, new construction uh, costs three times about two or three times more. So I think we're going to end up um, with a library. It could be, uh, you know, somewhere around the, where the current library is. Um, and unless the board changes its mind and decides to put it back in Northfield and we get the ball going again. But Northfield, uh, with renovation dollars, Spring, the uh, Spring Hill Police Department headquarters, you know, the police department is very upset because, you know, now they have been put off for another year, a uh, year and a half, maybe longer. Do uh, so we can get the go-ahead to put them uh, located in there? We're leasing space for them now. That, and uh, uh, codes is already in there. Uh, Public works, we, we were hoping to move in there. Uh, and um, it's all uh, on a, uh, a hold now. And so this study we authorized two weeks ago, we don't get it back till March, which is almost a year uh, from the time uh, the, the brakes were put on this thing. And uh, so I think we wasted about $80,000 the other day. And, uh, but again, you know, I was one vote out of uh, eight. What were some of the sticking points that made the board go, well, maybe not the Northfield complex? Yeah, that, a lot of it was, you know, of course, we you know, three new aldermen coming in. You know, they come in and, um, and they did a lot of door knocking like we all do when we run for office, and, uh, which is great. And, uh, but they, you know, they heard, you know, and uh, of course, uh, you know how mold is. P- people uh, think it's automatic that a building that's 30 years old is going to have mold. And maybe there is, maybe, you know, but again, we could have addressed that for 15 or 20 grand. If, if it did, we'll find that out. Um, and uh, so I think that, and of course, a lot of people, uh, and I, you know, I think a lot of people that don't even use the library were pretty vocal about where it went, and they probably have no intentions of ever going and, and have, but then some probably do, and uh, it would have been, what, another mile or so to drive uh, around to Northfield. And, and, and if that's what the city wants to do is not put the library there, then let's do that. But why we delayed everything else uh, for a year and a half and, and drove the cost up tremendously uh, is my question. So what do you think is going to happen? Uh, boy, that's a good question. You know, we'll see what this study comes back in March, uh, what it says. Uh, if it says we do have uh, some issues, you know, we'll have to pay to address that. Uh, and then um, we'll have to make a decision. If it comes back at the library and everything else, all the departments can locate in this building, uh, then I guess we're back to that, you know, and there's always the option of selling the building, you know, if, uh, you know, uh, that's a couple of aldermen have mentioned that, uh, but if they do, we got to find a, uh, new construction for Spring Hill Police Department and codes and public works has got to move because we're expanding the sewage water plant and we know they, they, they have to come out of there in the next couple of years. So, uh, that might be the next board's uh, uh, work where ours was roads and transportation. Uh, you know, this the next city leaders uh, for the next board uh, after a year and a half may be focused more on those type of things, you know, 
So it'll be interesting, but, you know, I don't know. City branding. That's been something that has just, you know, recently uh, been a thing. Uh, there was a logo that came out that didn't do quite well on social media. Um, we've been kind of vocal about that yeah. um, here on the show and uh, throughout the uh, the interwebs there. Yeah. Um, I think the story was fine, but the logo kind of missed the mark in my opinion. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. You know, and, and you're right on. And, and we knew it. We kept trying to tell people, you know, that don't get wrapped up at the logo. You know, uh, I mean, we, we, I don't mean to be uh, uh, too blunt and say that, you know, we could hire a uh, probably a high school kid to make us a logo. You know, for $1,500, we could probably create a logo that we all could have, not everybody, we're never going to have consensus, but, you know, that we can get probably the majority of the board uh, to buy off on. Uh, that was not the thing. It was the story. It was the marketing piece. You know, who we are. Who is Spring Hill? And, uh, uh, you know, we just, Monday night, we were sitting around talking about uh, the story piece around Ripple Villa, about capturing that and making sure we have that into the Ripple Villa master plan. It's the same for the city. You know, we had to decide who we are. Uh, we, we have to involve a lot of history there and in where we want to be. And I think that ties into what I was talking about with the preservation, with the sportsplex. You know, it's got to be more than just the roads, you know. And uh, we have been, uh, last uh, seven to ten years, we've been just so focused on, on getting those road projects going, you know. And, uh, and like I said earlier, uh, you know, people want them today, tomorrow. And, uh, well, the next ten years, they're going to see more orange and white barrels than they ever wanted to see. Oh, the new city flower. <laughs> yeah, that the will be. <laughs> so in your opinion, uh, what is, or who is Spring Hill? Yep. I think we're a blend of, um, of that, of the rule also with the, you know, progressive, uh, uh, young community that we are, you know, Spring Hill, you know, we grew because of, of uh, attainable housing. That's, you know, I went on a transportation trip to Denver about a year or two ago with Williamson, Inc. Been on like three trips with them. We've gone to other cities like Denver who are light years ahead of us on transportation to see what they do. And they mentioned uh, about, uh, they used the word attainable housing. And I said, that's it. That's, that's us. You know, people move to Spring Hill for attainable housing. It's not affordable housing. Affordable housing is more of a, a, a Nashville issue. You know, where people, uh, you know, have been driven out uh, to live where they, you know, close to where they work uh, at, uh, in, for high rises in, in the Gulch and, and those type of places. Uh, you know, so affordable living is a little different than us because, you know, we're about attainable housing and we all moved here uh, for that. And, uh, but with that, we've got this, the historic. Um, and I think that's where, you know, Chandler thinks, you know, was thinking with the fence and all that, you know, bringing in that little piece there. Uh, but it just didn't click with people, you know, it just didn't, uh, even though they had the open gate and all that. So that's okay. You know, we can, we can redo, we can, that's the easy one. Right. But capturing all that work of, uh, you know, what you do for a living, you know, bring it, find it, get that information out from people. 
you know, because they did their homework. They did their due diligence. They spoke to, you know, all these folks and uh, uh, to figure out, you know, why did you move here you know, besides the attainable housing? What, what else brought you to Spring Hill? And that's going to help you all attract business, which will, Try. You, know, you know, help us. But um, you're going to have people mad again that new business is coming into town. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and, and people don't realize, you know, that what we're out there trying to recruit, we, we don't recruit, you know, another Mexican restaurant, another pizza place. We're out there recruiting businesses we do not have, which is called leakage. And we know we've got about $250 million in uh, leakage dollars that people have to drive to Cool Springs to to obtain. You know, you and I can sit here and name them. Sporting goods stores, office supply stores, so many lady boutique shops, you know, those kind of things. Uh, that we Furniture stores, big furniture stores, you know. You know, and with so many kids in Spring Hill, I mean, how many kids are there? Like 90 million oh. kids? There's not one <laughs> toy store that I know of. Oh, and- I, I thought you were going to talk about sporting goods, toy. Yeah, well, you're right there, you know. And we know, you know, sports academies looked at us so many times over the years, you kept thinking, you know, surely they, you know, they would land here one day. Cause, but I guess, you know, as long as we're driving, you know, up to Cool Springs to buy it, and I, I, you know, I don't know. But, uh, but these kind of things are the ones we're trying to bring, you know. And, uh, of course, that and a water burger. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I watch you guys. Yeah, I, I'm a huge troll on social media. <laughs> well, you got Christmas coming around the corner, and what are your Christmas plans? Uh, we, we don't do anything. Uh, we're, we'll be right around Spring Hill. Now, I do have a couple weeks there that uh, since schools are closed, uh, that's the luxury of, um, uh, of my real job. And uh, so that'll, that'll probably be some honeydews around the house, you know, and um, getting caught up on some things. Uh, I imagine uh, what it, probably a few more city activities when I can squeak in. So uh, you've got a new family member, don't you? I do. Thank you. That's very kind. Yeah, I have a new daughter-in-law, and uh, my wife and I, uh, Lisa and I, you know, we have two grown sons, uh, so we don't know anything about girls. You know, mm-hmm. all we know is boys and dogs, you know, and uh, so we knew we now have a daughter-in-law and love her to death and uh, uh, she's a nice fit. So we're, we're, you know, we're blessed. So that'll be a fun Christmas with a, with a new family member. Exactly. Exactly. And her mom, her mother lives over close to, they go actually go to church in Smyrna where I grew up. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of uh, full circle it there is. a little bit. It's really kind of strange, you know, and, uh. Yeah, it's, how, it's funny how it's turned out. Yeah. So I've got to ask you, uh, what is your least favorite holiday song? Oh, God, it's got to be. And I know this one's. Did you put that out the other day? Yeah. yeah and, and, and everybody, I think I liked somebody because they said, well, Mama ran over, well, Mama got ran over by the reindeer. Yeah, that's oh, terrible. That one. <laughs> I, I can't believe that would not be anybody's. Yeah, that's right up there. I, I can't stand that hippopotamus song. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Oh, that'll that'll well, send you to the mental. My wife right? loves. I, I do too. I do too. But she loves Christmas music, and she's one of those early bird Christmas decorating people. Okay. So, yeah. what time did you have your uh, Christmas tree up? Well, normally she'd have it up a few weeks before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. This year, with the wedding, mm-hmm. with our youngest son getting married, 
she didn't quite make it like she normally does. And it drove her crazy. <laughs> it drove her crazy. Because cause usually, uh, and she had the trees up by when everybody came over to the house Thanksgiving. and uh, But she didn't have quite uh, the village up and everything she normally does. She, you know... She loves Christmas. Now, when you get the family together, is there a, a certain movie you have to watch every holiday season? Uh, I believe that, uh, yeah, uh, The Elf. You know, that's definitely <laughs> my son's, uh, that one. Uh, and um, the one my wife would not watch, what is it, the Christmas, uh, what's the one you stick your tongue on the pole? Oh yeah, a Christmas story. A Christmas story. You've My, seen you've seen the leg. I, I tried. Yeah. I saw that on your Facebook. Yeah, and uh, see, I love that movie. My boys do, but my wife does not. <laughs> so she won't. She won't participate in that one. So maybe the boys and I'll watch that one on our own. I love that one. That's fun. And for uh, people listening who don't know what we're talking about, I do have the official <laughs> Christmas story leg lamp. Uh, featured predominantly in the house, so everybody can come by and see that. I can't believe Carrie let you do that. I can't either, but I just have a wonderful wife. <laughs> Mayor Graham, thank you so much oh. for coming on. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, my pleasure. This was a lot of fun. Anytime. Okay, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode of Prices Highway, the podcast. I'd like to thank my guests, Mayor Rick Graham, Chris Yao from the Advertiser News, Scott Sparks and Stacey Moore from Spring Hill Sparkles, Shauna with a weird hair doll, Santa Claus, and Carrie Price from Price Sells Homes, and you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for sharing that one thing you can't really put a price tag on, your time, and occasional attention. Price's Highway is presented by Price Sells Homes. Don't think twice, call Carrie Price today if you're looking to make a move. That number is 615-497-3317. And the big show is powered by in-house digital media, helping you elevate educate, and expand your brand. Go to inhousedigitalmedia.com to learn more. All right, thanks everybody, and drive safely out there. And always, always, always give the wave when folks let you into traffic. All right, everybody, see you next time right here on Prices Highway, the podcast. You've been listening to Prices Highway, a Steve Price totally terrible podcast production. 